Hi there, I can see people joining us. Um, I'm Mark Walker from AbilityNet, welcome. Um, you're joining us for a webinar that starts at one o'clock, a uh, conversation between Ursula Dalton and Robin Christofferson, just making sure you're in the right place. Um, got a couple of hundred people registered for this, so we'll allow a few moments for people to join us and then we'll crack on. If you do have any questions, anybody joining now? Um, you, yeah, I've got an old Mac in my office. Um, uh, you can use the Q&A to ask us questions. We'll, I'll be telling you about that in a moment. If you've got any technical issues or anything you're stuck on, um, uh, in terms of housekeeping or any of the expectations you have about being able to use Zoom or anything else, please let us know through chat or the Q&A. There are people here uh, keeping tabs on what you're asking for there, uh, whether that's for accessibility reasons or anything else. Um, uh, let us know if, if there's anything that you need any help with or anything that's not working for you. Um, you should be able to hear me. If you can see the screen you, and you can see my lips moving, then you should also be able to hear me. Um, so please do let us know if there's anything that you have any questions about there. And in terms of having things ready, um, there are captions available. If you click on the CC button, you will have live captions uh, created uh, as we go along by human rather than AI ones. Um, and you, if, you've got, if you want to ask questions, then please open the Q&A panel um, rather than chat. Um, if you're gonna ask questions of the participants in, in the session, that's where you'll be using that. So if you're, if you're not familiar with those, just check out the Q&A button on the control panel um, rather than using chat. Um, I'll go back over that in a moment once, once you've had a, have a few minutes of people to join us. Great, let's, um, let's get on with the housekeeping. Um, so I'm Mark Walker, I'm the Head of Marketing at AbilityNet, and um, I'm uh, hosting today, although I'm going to very quickly introduce you to, to the stars of the show, Robin and Ursula, who are going to be talking today. Um, uh, 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 but what we're looking for really here is to share insights around accessibility and accessibility leadership, um, uh, what's happening in accessibility now, where, where is it taking us, and how does it, um, how do you actually deliver the sort of changes that um, we try to make in, in the in the world around us, the digital world around us. Um, in terms of the uh, housekeeping, you should be able to see some captions. If you need them, you need to click on the CC button on the uh, Zoom control panel. Um, there are also additional captions available, um, which are on a separate screen, which some people find more useful. Um, if you need that, there's a URL for that, um, which I can paste into the chat for you. Um, the slides that we're sharing now, although you'll see they're very limited, they're really only uh, these intros. Um, there's no slides during the session. It's simply a conversation between Robin and Ursula. Uh, these are available at slideshare.net slash abilitynet. And um, what you'll find in there are the sort of the housekeeping information and some links at the end to some training and a, and a discount code and so on. So if you want to see them, they're at slideshare.net slash abilitynet. Um, after the event, you should be um, able to access, uh, certainly this week, um, uh, a, a copy of the recording, a transcript 
um, from the uh, show and also some show notes. So we're going to be asking you to log your questions as we go along and we won't be answering them in this session, but they're all used to create an FAQ afterwards. And that forms part of the show notes and any links that we mention in the show will be linked as well. And you'll find that all on our website. Um, at this short link is abilitynet.org.uk slash insights dash BHF. But that will all be shared around to all the people who've registered and um, all, all the people who've attended today as well. As I say, please use the Q&A question uh, window to ask questions rather than chat. That makes it easier for us to keep track on them. And also you can see um, questions being asked and um, we can post answers in and, and so can others. Um, and then finally, afterwards, it's really useful for us to get your feedback. So please do fill in the feedback form after the event. Um, we've been running these for every year now. Um, we think we've tuned them up in terms of feedback we've had, but there's always something new that we, we can learn from your feedback. So if you have ideas about how we can improve it, please do let us know. So on to today, um, Robin is our head of digital inclusion and he hosts the uh, Digital Insights Accessibility Insights series. And I'm pleased to say he's joined today by Ursula Dalton, who's the Chief Technology Officer at British Heart Foundation. Over to you, Robin. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mark. Um, let me stop sharing the screen. Thank you very much. Great. So hopefully, guys, you can see myself and the lovely Ursula on the screen now. Are you all right, Ursula? Thank you so much yeah. for coming. Thank you, Robin. Really excited about this one. The BHF is such a brilliant organization, really, really interesting, a great mix of um, a, a very large central team and an even larger um, set of retail staff across the hundreds and hundreds of stores. But I'm sure that this will come out in uh, our conversation. So yeah, Ursula, you're the CTO, so the C Chief Technology Officer, but we're not only going to be talking about accessibility, we're going to be focusing on DNI, diversity and inclusion across the organisation as well, because there's some really, really fascinating things going on. But before we get cracking with all of that, we have to ask, as per always, what is your hot or cold beverage of choice to help you get through this ordeal? Well, Robin, um, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me and giving me this opportunity. But looking at the hot or cold beverages, I have to say coffee and chocolate. You <gasps> can't have one without the other. So <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed my coffees and chocolates uh, the past uh, 18 months or so. Wow. I hope you don't drink too much coffee then, if you always have chocolate with it, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Try to stick to two, three cups a day. I've just got builder's tea, if anyone's interested. Just hot, strong tea. Great. So this uh, question is going to sound a little bit familiar to people that are regular tuners, tuners in. Over the last 10 years, but by all means, go more recent if you want to. Uh, what do you think the main changes in diversity, inclusion, um, the whole landscape has been, uh, in your opinion? And what do you think the main, you know, changing factors have been? Well, Robin, um, in my opinion, especially the past 10 years, the major change has been largely societal. I think ideas, thoughts, but also personal experiences have moved on. Um, ideas that were current 10 years ago are not current anymore because a whole new generation has emerged and has entered the workspace. Uh, the expectations are different to that what it was 10 years ago. So 
I think we have become a society that is much more accepting of individual differences uh, because our tolerance um, levels of our society and the individual differences have changed uh, to the better. Um, also, social media has provided a huge platform for showcasing diversity and also um, engaging uh, people with diversity. At the same time, um, organizations have brought diversity and inclusion to the forefront with many, including it in the organizational strategy uh, with specific goals as well. Uh, there is still some way to go, uh, but all of us are acknowledging the successes a diverse and inclusive um, workforce can bring to an organization that each one of us brings something unique and powerful. I think that's what I truly believe. Uh, and that's a big change in the past uh, few years. Absolutely. Yeah, there's been so many changes, particularly in the perception of disability and the acceptance of the social model. Absolutely. And another social, social media, like you say, has been a really, and I know that fundraising is a key element of um, BHF's uh, processes, day-to-day um, -day work. So that's, um, I'm sure, been leveraged and we may touch upon that a little bit later on. So what about um, how, you know, DNI, uh, diversity and inclusion and accessibility how has that been sort of embedded within your teams internally uh, you know right across all teams including recruitment processes sure um, I think overall we have a very diverse workforce as you mentioned especially with the 730 shops uh, which operates with uh, thousands of volunteers to various uh, and uh, the various fundraising teams um, it is very much driven from the uh, top down, the whole diversity and inclusive, inclusivity um, initiative is driven very much from the top down um, with the executive directors being hands-on involved. Uh, we personally sponsor various affinity groups as well. Um, the other thing is it has moved from being the work of a small team to an organizational imperative uh, that provides benefits rather than challenges. So. At the BHF, we are keen to make it part of our organizational culture. When, when it comes to recruitment, um, our recruitment team uses all standard practices by recognizing the diverse needs of individuals when they are going through the recruitment process, because we strongly believe that um, every employee should feel seen and valued. So especially when we are recruiting, we want to ensure that every future employee feels the same so they can demonstrate their full potential during the recruitment process. And this is something that's, that all of us are responsible for. It's not just the recruitment team's responsibility. Anybody who is involved in the recruitment to every employee in the organization should actually be responsible for it. Um, when it comes to accessibility, so far, our main focus has been on how to provide the right equipment, tools, and support. Uh, so we are actively working on learning from um, others. For example, we are working with tech giants such as um, Microsoft to learn from them. Um, given they are a strong player in this space, um, I, I know that they made a number of announcements at the Ability Summit 2021 um, as part of the five-year commitment to um, supporting people with dis disabilities. And of course, we want to learn from the amazing work that AbilityNet are doing as well, because it is not something we can do alone. 
that's why I'm really interested in taking part in sessions like that, this as well, because we learn from the questions all of you in the audience ask us. So there's, it's a two-way process and something we have to do together. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a journey. We're all on it. How about leveraging the expertise of your or the experiences of your disabled employees? Are you actively pursuing that and putting uh, processes in place to kind of listen to them and, and get their feedback? Oh, of course, Robin, because um, it, it's, as you say, it's a journey. Uh, you, you never get there because uh, every day we want to improve. We want to show how we actually support all our employees, whatever their need is. So definitely, yes. Absolutely. Um, so internally, there's a, there's a lot going on and there's a real recognition of the importance of embracing diversity in all its forms and to make making sure that people can access the, the systems and the processes, et cetera, that they need. Are you doing anything to extend that to external stakeholders? Obviously, BHF is all about your external stakeholders. Definitely. Um, I mean, if I say heart and circulatory disease is something that can affect anybody. We have many interactions with people who have various needs, um, our volunteers to donors, people who take part in various fundraising activities, people who access our services for advice and support, uh, our research committee and so on. Um, prior to the pandemic, most of these interactions were face-to-face. -face. As we know, the pandemic affected the charity sector because it, it relied on many face-to-face -face interactions. Um, at the BHF, immediately, we immediately launched our Patients First program supporting um, heart patients with those at high risk of uh, complications from coronavirus. Um, our coronavirus hub uh, on the BHF website is, uh, up, is updated daily with new information and it has received more than 12 million visits since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, and calls to our nurses, um, nurse helpline um, were up by 400% higher than normal in the first few weeks of the pandemic. So we had to come up with ideas to support these needs. Um, I'm a strong believer that a diverse and inclusive workforce drives innovation because uh, we pivoted to creating many new virtual fundraising products uh, such as MyCycle, MyStep Challenge and many more like that. Um, to do so, we actively and uh, listen and learn from various external stakeholders on how we can improve uh, on our digital products. For example, uh, uh, for example, a few months ago, we launched a customized service, uh, a product called MyBHF. Um, one of the key things we have done with this product is actually very much create the feedback loop, but put in place some continuous improvement approach based on the feedback to the product enhancement plan. So we're making it actually a part of that whole process now. So I think in a nutshell, we actively seek to have um, that diverse and inclusive product teams um, embed accessibility to be part of the design process because addressing the various aspects of DNI drives better employee and customer engagement. For me, I think that's really key. Absolutely. And you mentioned about embedding it into the design process. We know you, you hear about shift left and we, we uh, talked about that with Larry Goldberg of Ryzen Media recently. Uh, he's a huge proponent of born accessible. And 
you know, your stakeholders are uh, often going to be of older, the older generation. Um, obviously not exclusively, you know, heart health is something that we should all be concerned about, but um, making sure that products are as usable as possible for people with impairments, a range of different impairments is going to make it much more usable, easy to use for all of your stakeholders, which has got to help uh, those who potentially aren't as sort of digitally confident as others. De definitely. And that's the reason we are very keen to hear back from them, because it's that um, sometimes it's the accessibility as well as the, the confidence in using our products and it's the user friendliness of the products are so important uh, as well. So um, we want to hear about all that feedback um, and that's the only way we can improve the service we provide. Absolutely. So you touched upon COVID. Uh, I don't think any conversation that we've had in the last 18 months hasn't talked about it um, because it's had such a huge impact. Has, um, you know, COVID, homeworking or remote delivery of your services had an impact on you personally, if you want to talk about that, but certainly on BHF as a whole, you know, as CTO, you're, I'm sure, only too aware. And I know you've touched upon some of these, but, you know, what what's the kind of takeaways, the biggest takeaways that COVID home or remote working has had on you or at your organisation? So I'll go with the personal part first. So um, we're still working from home. So since mm -hmm. March of 2020, we are still working from home and I've been to the office twice uh, since then. Um, and both times I've been there, it's been officially closed. And so getting used to the person that work from home, um, it's that always on culture, especially when you're working in technology. I think that's the challenge I'm finding personally because I'm contactable all the time. I was before as well, but now it's very much it's always on. Um, but the, it can be exhausting too. So um, if I go to the organization, I mean, when the pand pandemic started, our initial focus was supporting our employees work remotely mm -hmm. by understanding their various needs and ensuring that they have got the right equipment and tools. So there was this big focus on make sure that they can work from home with equipment and tools. Um, we did have many accessibility specific support requests that we dealt with operationally because uh, when they were in the office, we had everything set up for them to be able to work from uh, the office and we had the tools and you know the physical desk spaces and all those things. But then to shift to the homeworking, we had to make sure all that was sorted right away. Um, this also brought to the forefront the accessibility to be part of our digital product delivery because we needed uh, to fulfill a wide, wide range of needs because we focused a lot on the physical side and making sure that people had the actually various tools they needed. But then I started really looking at, okay, as, as we touched on before, uh, the, the people who access our services, um, they've changed quickly because we went very digital. So how can we support them? Um, and uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, we are learning from our tech partners as well as understand what they already have that can be used uh, to, what, uh, to what is in the pipeline. So what sort of functionality, additional functionality are, is on the way so we can co continuously improve again. Um, it is 
very much working to, together to understand and provide the right support where various needs of accessibility are concerned. Um, at the same time, Robin, the current challenge and opportunity is how, how do we provide this seamless service and support in the hybrid working model? Because I'm sure that that's what lots of organizations are looking at and that's what we are looking at as well. Uh, this is an ongoing learning process. And again, not something we can do alone. So we are keen, very keen to see how others are approaching it. Um, so we, we are actually having lots of discussions with other organizations to understand how they're approaching it. Um, I have to say as a technology leader, um, I think this is a brilliant opportunity to bring together that integrated view and structure to deliver our technology services to meet the needs of all. Um, I mean, you touched on it earlier, um, the demographies that the audiences have changed. So we, we actually have to look at everything and um, you can look at it as a challenge or as an opportunity. And I'm really looking at it as an opportunity is we can get the best that way. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. And with regards internal T, uh, with regards internal processes, uh, you, I think, use Teams, Microsoft, talking about Microsoft there. Um, and, you know, that's a whole set, of, a whole suite of solutions in itself. And if there's something that Teams doesn't do that your organization needs, just wait a week and it'll be in there <laughs> next time there's an update. So, yeah, we've got, we're very lucky. We've got some really powerful tools at our disposal and I absolutely agree. The opportunities that have been um, realized, I would say in, in sort of short order because of COVID have been uh, enormous and we're all reaping the benefits of it. But like you say, there are challenges as well. For me as a blind person, you know, not having a pair of eyes on hand all the time can be uh, challenging, but then there are technological solutions to help with that as well. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And um, I mean, as you mentioned, Microsoft and them, uh, they're introducing functionality so fast. Sometimes it's just really hard to keep up with them and uh, communicate it to our employees saying, look, here, all this functionality is there. So that's something we, we're really trying to keep on top of uh, because we want to make sure everybody has access to everything uh, as they show up as well. Training, huge challenge going forward. Yeah, fast moving area absolutely so last week saw the publication of the government's national disability strategy and we've been talking about you know how much we've come on i think in the last several years the opportunities today um, but you only have to read that to realize quite how much still needs to be achieved there's some very sobering stats in there so my next question is what do you think personally needs to change next you know if you had to kind of give some top uh challenges that might still need to be addressed and how do you think we can tackle those well i, I was reading that uh, the policy with interest and um, I, I did a bit more additional research around from gartner as well prepping for today um i mean for me the big Thing is embrace the opportunity because addressing the various aspects of diversity and inclusion drives better employee and customer engagement because at the end of the day we want our employees to be fully engaged 
and in return, you will get that better customer engagement as well. Um, when I was doing the research, um, I read this um, paper from Gartner, which was published just last month on how technology leaders must play a critical strat strategic role, like leveraging technology and technical resource to help foster and build um, inclusive and what they call equitable technologies that um, reflect uh, the diverse workforce we serve. So I thought I, I was reading that with great interest to see actually what are the trends that, you know, in the wider, you know, globally what's coming our way. And, um, and, and they were emphasizing on how we should truly partner with HR, be, um, be innovative with our talent acquisition to development and retention. So I thought that's quite interesting because it's, a, it's, really focusing that end-to-end -end process, the acquisition, development, and retention. Um, and uh, as an immediate next step, this is quite important because, um, I mean, as a tech leader, it's, it's how do we retain our, you know, talent we have and how do we really give them the right support. Then um, to achieve this, um, we have to ensure that we have clearly defined goals, um, measure the positive impact um, the different viewpoints every individual bring to a team because I've been talking about the the diverse teams brings you know better employee engagement and all that I don't think we have really truly started monitoring capturing the and measuring this yet and something I'm really keen to start doing that because we can truly quantify it and show the benefit um, and of course um, a final like Definitely, I'm one for learning from others, you know, identify opportunities to collaborate because this is something we cannot achieve on our own. So we, we can do more, achieve more together. So it, 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 it's a few points there, Robin. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, gathering that information, that really valuable MI is a tricky one. Many organisations don't do it and are reluctant to. But yes, if it's done well, then it can be incredibly powerful. And um, yeah, let's hope that organizations are able to uh, encourage people to disclose and then to help them meet their particular needs right across all the protected characteristics, not just disability. So actually this is spooky because we finish off then with um, a question or comment from our last month's guest, which was Richard Morton, who was, uh, whom was, of CDDO, the um, Central Digital and Data Office um, of the government talking about the digital strategy etc sorry disability strategy and it's pretty much to your last point which was he was asking how does BHF go about building a culture of accessibility and inclusion within the organization and have you got any sort of top tips or takeaways although you've already given us several <laughs> well actually I think I would say culture uh, it has been driven by hands-on support by the executives. Um, get everybody to believe in it. Yes, uh, yes, executives have to drive it, give that leadership. And we got to get everybody in the organization to truly believe in it, uh, learn from others and continuously improve our approach because that is uh, how we can truly embed in the organizational culture. Um, as you mentioned earlier, um, Robin, it's a journey uh, and so we, we have to keep on doing it. Um, practically training and uh, process steps to ensure that accessibility is not the responsibility of an individual within the 
HR or technology team, we are all responsible for it collectively. And uh, it is something we need to incorporate in, into our processes as a norm and into the culture as a norm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, no small feat there, but yeah, brilliant. That's, that's amazing. And I'm sure you're well on the way on that journey that actually never ends. But yes, that's fantastic. Um, let's finish off then with a question or comment to pass on to next month's guest, which is going to be Susanna Lauren. She is Chief Research and Innovation Officer at Funka, that brilliant um, digital inclusion agency in Sweden. Um, but that delivers services across Europe. And she's also the IAAP, International Association of Accessibility Professionals, representative to Europe as well. So a big Europe theme in our next month's guest with Susanna. So yeah, have you got any comment to pass on? Yes, uh, well, I would like to ask Susanna, um, what is the biggest challenge and opportunity um, she foresees in the next steps of building um, or embedding the culture of accessibility within the organization uh, in Sweden and indeed across Europe too? Brilliant. So you're just basically passing the question on. That's great. Let's hope she gives a really good answer like you did for yours. I love it. Thank you so much. I, I'm, I wish we could talk for another half an hour, but yeah. Amazing, Ursula. Best of luck with the continuing journey and um, yeah, keeping all of those stores afloat because, you know, it's tough out there, isn't it? And um, yeah, carrying on delivering amazing services to help us all stay healthy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Robin and the team. And see you soon. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Ursula. And I'll pass back to Mark. Thanks, Mark. can't hear you mark i don't know if you need to thank you for the um for that uh fascinating insight ursula wonderful work at bhf and an amazing sort of scope of work that you're sort of dealing with in that team as well so uh, fantastic i'm just going to wrap up with a couple of um pointers first thing is to mention it we have had some great questions um which uh, you guys will be answering afterwards and we'll be folding that into the show notes. Um, and there's, a fair, there's a fair number in there that I think will draw out some of the themes that you, you touched on uh, in your conversation and give a little bit more detail about how you're going about things in the BHF would be really interesting. Um, we, um, we talked about training, we talked about culture. We, we offer training and so I'm just going to mention that quick um, advert break. We've got a, a discount code here for anybody on this webinar can get a 10% discount on uh, the training that we run um, just to give you a flavor of the sorts of things that we do um, accessibility for designers that's running this week how to create accessible documents and presentations that's next week creating accessible graphics and social content uh, the week after and then how to use a screen reader for accessibility testing so practical hands-on stuff for across a range of roles uh, for people who need to know about accessibility uh, those are 90 minute sessions that are delivered online and you can book them through our website at www.abilitynet.org.uk slash training. Uh, and then um, uh, final note about where you can get further support. So uh, we have a newsletter. If you're not on the newsletter, it's a great way of keeping up to date with assistive technology and accessibility news. Abilitynet.org.uk slash newsletter to sign up. We have a YouTube channel, all of our webinars and um, uh, podcast type content ends up on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash abilitynet. 
we have a podcast. This episode uh, will be published through our podcast uh, link at uh, abilitynet.org.uk slash podcast. We have a range of services in accessibility. Um, you can take a look at what we do under abilitynet.org.uk slash accessibility dash services. And then finally, we run a regular program uh, of webinars, uh, free sessions around, around a range of top topics. So if you haven't seen that yet, go and have a look at abilitynet.org.uk slash webinars. Fantastic. So uh, thanks so much, Ursula, for all of your uh, insights there. And Robin, um, thanks again for leading these conversations and helping us all uh, understand a bit better how, uh, how we're actually going to deliver an accessible world uh, for, for, for people around us and all the challenges that come with it. So thanks, everyone. And thanks for joining us, all the participants. Take care.